Hello and welcome to this week's Community Power Podcast, a series brought to you in partnership with Local Trust. My name's Chris Allen and in this series we're showcasing some incredible projects, focusing in particular on what happens when you give local people the resources, the power and the assets to make a difference to their neighbourhoods. With me is series producer Beth Lazenby. Who are we going to be hearing from this week, Beth? So this week we're going to be chatting to Peter Scollard, who used to be part of the partnership at North Fleet Big Local and then went on to become a local councillor and is now mayor. Indeed, he is indeed. So we ought to call him his worshipful or something along those lines. Anyway, first of all, I asked Peter how he got involved with Big Local in the first place. I used to work away all week long. Uh, then I had a baby girl and I did the sound bit looking after my daughter. And it was the first time I walked around in, in the area because obviously finish work at the weekend, we go off to the beach or something nice like that. Uh, when my daughter was born, my part, my wife at the time had the car and I started getting a mother and toddler groups and stuff like that. And started to notice where I lived an awful lot more. So it was a very run-down area, an awful lot of graffiti, fly-tipping, antisocial behaviour, um, dog fail everywhere, weeds everywhere. You had quite a few industries that sort of like come to an end with so cement works, paper mills and stuff like that. And it's just a, a general really run-down area, actually, unloved. We should be saying thank you to your daughter for giving you this real awareness into what the well, community was exactly. like, you know. Bless her. Well, yeah, she's, she's uh, 14 and a half now, going on 40, yeah. <laughs> And so you picked up some of the challenges, obviously, in the area in the area there, and some that perhaps were a bit out of reach, you know, some of those that the local community couldn't do anything about, but there were some things that they obviously could do, and that's where and you wanted to focus. We've got, we got a few estates. We've got the Seven Avenues where I lived at the time. We've got the Wallace Park Estate. Uh, we've got the um, Carl Lippmann Estate. But they used to stay in their own kind of gangs, and if people right. moved in from different areas, it was very intimidating. Also, in the same way, if you was a, a foreign person that moved into the area, it was very intimidating. So I always call myself quite lucky when I moved into the area, because I was originally from Essex. Uh, when I moved into the area, we got loads of abuse on the door and stuff like that, and we, got, we had free cars stolen. The reason I'm saying I'm lucky is because they stole my car, uh, took it to the top of the road and burnt it out. Uh, the reason I'm, I'm, I'm lucky is because we had an Indian family that moved to the opposite side of the road to me. They yeah. stole their car and burnt it on their drive that put through all the uh, windows and doors and stuff like that. So it was very much, you know, antisocial, you know, no-go incredibly, Incredibly intimidating then for everyone who's there and very it, territorial. It, when you're confronted with this, what, what did you do? What, what I actually done is I wanted to improve my area. So I, w- I, I found out about a meeting for a resident that was happening uh, down the road in a local church. I expected it to be local council, councillors and stuff like that, but I was told all these people go in. And I went literally down there to voice my opinions about my community, the unloved area and the uh, the fact that people could sort of like run it like a, the Wild West kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, when I got there, I did voice me opinions. I shouted an awful lot somewhere around saying, we're in an area, what are you doing for us? And then the lady said, well, we're actually big local. The reason we're here, and then they explained about big local and stuff like that. Uh, through that, I set up a residence association. Uh, we did a couple of street parties where I tried to get the, the residents engaged with each other. So we did a big lunch extra and we did a royal wedding. And what I did is actually went around all the doors, knocking on people. So I said, right, 
this street we live in at the moment, it's very sort of like family orientated. They're not very welcoming to people from the outside community. Uh, I want to try and sort of like set up a party. It's going to cost nobody absolutely nothing. I'm getting funding from various groups and organisations. And um, if you can do a local dish from where you're from, put a table outside, I'll dress up all the streets, I'll bring down a bouncy castle, I'll bring down clans, I'll get all sumo suits, I'll have a hog roast going, <laughs> we'll have a DJ, you know, just to meet your neighbours. And then from there, I was pretty much part of the big local nice. and then got involved in various projects which then led to other parts of the community within the big local area. Given what you were saying earlier about the um, the nature of the community, not welcoming, uh, obviously, the racism that was there as well. And even though, you know, you've got one set of treatment as somebody going in uh, and those from, a, from an ethnic minority background got another set of treatment, you must have been very proud of getting people together because the, the context in which you were doing it was incredibly intimidating. Uh, so I've always been a little bit cheeky and... Uh, <laughs> Forward is the best way to put it. And uh, so, no, it's just using me cheek and charm or whatever you want to call it to sort of like do things and vote for is my opinion, I think. Probably not in the best ways always, but it always kind of helps, yeah. Yeah, well, and obviously a big local partnership is, is a group of residents that tries to, you know, works in their own neighbourhood, in their own areas. When did you make the decision that you wanted to go towards a different kind of model and, you know, represent the area as a local councillor? We, we set up loads of different groups on the big lo local like subgroups and stuff like that. So I took on the uh, the young people subgroup and I took on uh, talking to the council about getting this community building up and running again. I got funding through big local and through the council to uh, get things like a pool table, projector screens, uh, popcorn machines, uh, music equipment. And we set up various clubs there that wasn't just running for the Wallace Park children, but it was children within the whole community to bring them together. So that kind of happened. And then I set up something called Note, which is a community interest company I still do, called Noel's Gardens that tackled addressing the area, you know, making it more tidier and stuff like that. And for all these roles of doing this in a community, I was pretty much headhunted by the local council at the time. So all these things I'd, I'd always done as through big local, yeah. working with the council or, you know, hearing about their funds through people at the big local, they'd tap in, you know, they'd come to these meetings, you find out about this, and then it's then a case of, uh, well, you're doing all of this, you're always coming to us, why wouldn't you like to be a councillor? And I said, as you can tell, I, I talk like a lad from the market, I'm not into politics. They said, I'm actually running for MP, so I'm going to stand there, and I think you'll be a fantastic candidate for standing in this area. He said, you know the people, you are a person of the people, you um, you support various people when you come to your issues, and I think it'd be a good way for you to sort of like cut out the middle man being us the councillors and going directly to uh, deal with these projects. Right. And for the first couple of years as a councillor, it's quite intimidating because obviously well-educated people doing this kind of job and saying the right words and stuff like that. So did you feel you needed uh, to learn a new language then, a new way of operating the, completely? It the, just wasn't, the, didn't fit your background uh, at all? Things like acronyms, you know, they, they'll give you a breakdown in the words and I'm thinking... I don't want to stick my hand up and sound stupid, but they ain't got the focus <laughs> what they're all about. So it was, in that, and yeah, that's it's the first difficult. Time I'd ever uh, kind of felt intimidated. And other things I actually had as well before, and I'd never worked uh, writing and stuff like that or 
reading emails. And um, so it turned out I went to the doctors and I had uh, quite severe dyslexia, which I was struggling reading emails and stuff like that and writing emails. So when I send an email, there'd be no full stops. The words would be, I'll be reading, the, uh, saying the uh, conversation in the air, writing it down. And after the sentence would be kind of missing or words would be back to front. And so I stopped kind of doing that. And you're not meant to as a counsellor, you have to do it all in emails. So I just started going to the officers and, you know, talking to the officers directly, walking into the council. And it, it did change. I mean, I, I made fantastic relationships with the officers. Instead of doing emails back to backwards and forwards as well, yeah, which is yeah. a lot of happen, I think it's nice if you can talk to a person because you can talk more in depth. Yeah, and, and much more personal. And hopefully you yeah. perhaps raise some awareness with the council around somebody who has got dyslexia because, you know, dyslexia shouldn't be a barrier to the kind of service yeah. you're offering for anybody, really. So systems should should support you and the approach that you're taking anyway. Well, now I'm actually the mayor, so I've been council <laughs> for eight years and <laughs> I think I've got bamboozled into that one as well, but I'm absolutely loving it, actually. Yeah, it's fantastic. Right. So you're going around lots of different events, meeting lots of people at the moment. And I must admit, I've known a few mayors and those who've got that kind of outgoing personality that you've got there, I'm sure fit in very well indeed. At the moment, I get told off because I have a chauffeur and they'll turn around saying, normally uh, when the mayors go in, they introduce themselves to the people organising events and then they're in and out. Yeah. Um, and we can be there. A fine example, we went to an event that was on from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock, first Christmas fair. Uh, we left at 10 o'clock because I thought it would be nice to talk to everybody that come along and, you know, yeah, yeah. find out what's going on and stuff like that. I'm sure it means a lot to it, people, obviously. It, it does. It, I think it really does, actually. I mean, it makes it more personable. And I think that's something that we kind of learnt through working with Big Luck. During, during your life, obviously, you, you talked about when you were at school and dyslexia is obviously a problem right through your life and, and, and limited the way you were able to learn. Do you think actually you've grown up being a cheeky chappy because of perhaps that disability of dyslexia and that's always that's now made you much more personable to people, more approachable, and that's the way you get things done. It's by talking. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. I mean, as I said, so all my life, I've, I mean, my role has always been like I was as a kid. I started on the market at the age of nine. My grandfather had five foot of vegetables. Although I am a politician, I don't think local councillors should be politicians. I think you're there for everybody. You know, my experiences of working, having the privilege of working with um, local councillors right around in different contexts over many, many years is actually a good local councillor is a good local councillor irrespective of the party. Uh, and it's yeah. because you get stuck into local issues. Exactly. I mean, there is a, a great deal of councillors that will come and talk to me. And as I said, I talk to them because they are passionate about their communities and their areas. And there are some councillors that I feel just do it just for the job title. And uh, are you still working with the, the big local partnership as well? Yes. Yeah, so as so I set up, which again was through help with um, Rural Kent and Big Local, I set up a company called Noble's Gardens, which is based at the hill in Northfleet, right next to where our Big Local is. So prior to lockdown, we was doing things like community events once a month. We'd open up our community gardens 
and uh, we'd have barbecues, we'd do signposting, we'd have Big Local in there, we'd have uh, CAB in there, we'd have EDC in there, we'd have uh, Quit Smoking, you know, anybody or local councillors, anybody we could get in to work. There's still a problem, uh, people can't afford things, we have a problem with um, single families still, we still have low unemployment in the area. Uh, but I think with Big Local and through the initiatives we've done, we've brought the community closer together. So, again, uh, people now talk to each other. Uh, they now know what's going on within the community and they know there's support within the community, uh, which is why we still work with Big Local in the garden, you know, laying on various events and stuff like that. That sounds really good. So if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, oh, I'm wondering whether they're going to be a local council, what would you say? Yeah, go for it. Or no, don't touch it with a barge pole. Um, no, if if you're passionate about your area and you are passionate about it and you think you can sort of like you're not getting far enough at the moment, start talking to your local councillors, you know, and see what you can do and be a voice in your community. So I said in our community, we've got an awful lot happening. If if you're there and you're a voice, then you you can sort of like talk about these things. You should be saying well, I've spoken to people and this is the views on this bit and this is the views on that bit. And if people, you know, can work like that, then 100% yes, definitely run as a councillor because you can get the, the things done and the voices out there of your local people. So, Peter, looking to the future, Big Local's getting near to the end of the programme now. How do you see it all moving forward? What do you think will be left? How do you see your role being in the future? Um, with Big Local, I think we're, we're put in places where we've educated people now to learn to sort of like write grants, write funds, you know, the set up buildings where they're sustainable. And that's what you've always got to look at as well, you know. It's all right having this money in the first place, but how do you go forward when, when the money runs out? It's always got to be sustainable. It's always, it's nice to come in and say, so we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And then when people go, what are we going to do? I think there is groups. I think there's uh, organisations. I think there's funds and grants out there that do keep these things sustainable. And I think it is about local residents being involved with the big local, being involved, you know, in a positive way. You know, where they'll turn around and say, well, I can do this because we've done this through Big Local. Things have come into Big Local that haven't cost Big Local nothing. These things can still continue happening for well-being. Uh, you know, we can still signpost for your food banks or your energy crisis or you quit smoking or what's happening in your community. And, you know, we can do events where we can raise funds to continue to build a pot up. And it sounds from where you started to describing the area to us and the problems that were there and the very divisive community that you had, it's by bringing the community together over the period of Big Local that enables you now to solve some of these problems because you are working together as a community. Now as a community, we are united before and we were segmented. They had this pocket here, this pocket here, this pocket. It's not going to talk to that pocket. Now we're united uh, you know, we all, we all live in Northfleet. We all want it to be a beautiful place and, you know, things for our children. Peter, you sound like, well, you, you've almost described yourself as a reluctant politician, but it sounds what you're doing is very powerful and positive as well. So thank you. You're more than welcome, sir. That was self-named cheeky chappy Peter Scollard, also local councillor and also currently 
the mayor. Uh, your thoughts on Peter's journey there, Beth? Yeah, I really liked what he said about um, taking what he'd learned from being part of the partnership and really taking the time to listen to people. And he's brought that into his work now as a local councillor, which I think was really great. And also, I think it really struck me what he said about the way that he communicates as being quite different to other people that he works with and how he's sort of trying to change the culture from the inside. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a really interesting journey to listen to. And he didn't. He wasn't put off, despite the fact he thought he says I'm not a political person. He he, he actually thought, well, it's not just about politics; it's about the people, uh, and it's the people in his neighbourhood. No, exactly. And I think it will hopefully make it seem like a much more accessible path for other people who are interested in doing the same thing too. Indeed. So, if people want to know more, where can they go? As always, you'll find all you need to know about Northfleet Big Local and everything else about Peter in the show notes. And I believe next week, having a week off. Yes, Christmas break. (laughs) Indeed, thanks, Beth. And we'd both like to wish you very much a joyous Christmas and a very peaceful New Year. And we look forward to when you join us next time on the Community Power Podcast, brought to you by Local Trust, discovering what happens when you give local people the money, the power and the assets to make a difference to their neighbourhoods.